and we're pretty good with time. So what I want to do for the next couple of minutes is that I want to open up for some questions. Okay, and I'm not here to debate, please. I'm not here to debate. Anyone have a question? Okay, there's a brother here. Well, I mean, I'll repeat the question. Is this true for those who have accepted Christ and for those who have not accepted Christ? My answer is yes. Folks, everything that I'm saying, I was giving you real-life examples of how you can accept a child without even them accepting you, even when they're babies. They can't even choose you. Uh, the question was, is it, all the stuff that I'm saying, is it true for those who have accepted Christ and those who haven't accepted Christ? And my answer is, God's acceptance of everybody is true. The question is whether or not you accept Christ. But Christ has accepted everybody in His Son. That's love. That's called unconditional love. It is not unconditional when He says, I don't accept you until you do this. <laughs> if that's the case, folks, then there's no such thing as loving your enemies. You should give an eye for an eye. But why would God command us to love unconditionally, but God can't even do that? So that's my answer, sir. Of what? Oh, perceive? Okay. Sure. Okay. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, so this whole issue of salvation. Now, who's saved, who's not saved? This is all a matter of semantics, folks. It's how you define it. Now, what I see a lot of within the evangelical or the traditional church is that I think the salvation, the way they define salvation is, in my opinion, is probably not correct. Because usually, like what Raphael was saying, I don't think it's all about you just die and go to heaven. Salvation is much bigger than that, right? Now, my understanding would be this. Let me ask you this question first. The Bible says that Jesus is a Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the Christians. It doesn't say that. Jesus is a Lamb of God to take away the sin of those who believe just right and repent of their sins. Oh wait, it doesn't say that either. What does it say, folks? Jesus Christ is a Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world. God in His Son reconciled us to Himself when we believed and when we repented just right. It doesn't say that either. The Bible says in Romans that God reconciled us to Himself when we were still sinners, powerless, and enemies. And that we were only enemies in our minds. God never changed. We change. 
So what's this whole idea? Can you call God the savior of the world? And it doesn't affect anybody except those few who believe just right and the majority is going to burn? I want you to think about this. 1 Timothy 4.10. I know this is kind of a hot topic, folks. Okay? 1 Timothy 4.10 says this, God is a savior of all men to those who believe. It doesn't say that either, folks. God is a savior of all men, especially of those who believe. Why? Because there's this objective reality that Christ has saved the whole world. That's why he said, it is finished, folks. I can objectively love and accept my wife unconditionally, even if she doesn't believe it. I can objectively love and accept her. But if she does not believe it, it's not going to affect her life. She's not, she has to realize that. But her, with her not believing in my love for her does not negate the fact that I accepted her already. So there's this objective reality that God has saved the whole world, but subjectively, people are not experiencing it. That's why Jesus told Paul, go to the Gentiles and open up their eyes. For in Him we live, we move. For in Him we live, we move, we have our being. Everybody is already in Christ. He's the last Adam. And that's why it says His work was much more. But people just don't know it yet. So Josh, if everybody's saved, then why go out there? Because look how many Christians don't even know the good news. They don't even know that they're included in God until they do certain works. The good news is to tell people you're included. The good news is not to tell people you don't get in until you do all these steps. And sometimes we don't even know how if we're doing the steps just right. If you believe just right, because sometimes we believe and sometimes we don't believe. Folks, but what my wife was saying the other day, even if we try to let go of God, God never let us go. Never, folks. That's the heart of God. You can play around with all the semantics and all the theology, folks, but you know what love is when you love your child. Even if they're stinking brat, you still love them. Even if, even if you, the father and the two sons, one ran off and squandered his wealth. The other son, he told the son who was obedient, everything that I have is yours, but your other brother, he's alive. And he gave him a part, but he was always his son. Even if you do all the stupid crap and you go out there, you're still the son of your parents. It's whether or not you can accept the love of your parents that changes your life. Folks, let's not have this disconnect of what we know how to love people, but God's love is totally different. That doesn't make any sense. I know how to love like this, but God's love is different. Folks, if God's love is totally different from ours, then how would we even know what love is? The Bible says that God is love, and we will love others the way God loves us. But if God loves us conditionally, and will not accept us until we accept Him, then you better not love your children until they obey you first. And you know that's not always going to happen, right? You know what I'm saying? Now, folks, I'm sorry. I know I'm getting, I'm getting pumped up. I'm sorry, okay? I know this is new for some people. Just keep asking questions, okay? All right. Can you hear me? Sure. Loud and clear. All right. <laughs> Let's just move aside from... I want to go back to Jesus. Sure. Sure. I want to move aside from the mindset that says God couldn't look at Jesus on the cross for the sin. I want to incorporate an understanding that we're on this foundation where we understand things only in a limited sure. realm. Sure. Everything is limited. Sure. So, based on that, how would you define? The love of God when it comes to two things. Looking at Jesus and what he had to endure to 
before he was crucified. Okay. And looking at God's relationship with Jesus. Just defining the love of God through those two experiences. Okay. Between Judas and Jesus, he said? God's relationship between Judas and God's relationship with Yeah, just how he saw his love towards yeah. Jesus, his love towards Judas. Sure. It's the same. God didn't love his son more <laughs> than Judas. It's whether or not Judas understood the love of God. But God's love was you know, folks, it's funny because I grew up in the charismatic scene. They're always talking about favor. I have favor. I walk into a room. I had God's favor, but the other people had it because they're not Christian. Folks, the Bible says that God plays no favorites. And if God is love, the Bible even says that love has no favorites either. But we tend to think that God will treat people differently according to His love. Folks, God's love is the same for everybody. I'm not talking about, the, I'm talking about the relationship, right? When it comes to God, God's love is the same. There's that objective reality. Now, don't misunderstand me here. I'm not talking about whether or not, you know, there are people who don't receive it. That's different. But in my understanding of the gospel, the gospel says that they're already in, whether they know it or not. Just like you could do that with your own child. Folks, when we have these analogies, you can't just break it down and say, well, we understand what love is in this reality, but then God's love is different. Like I said, you can't, you're, you're disconnecting. You know how to love because God's love is already there. Well, I was really interested in this. Okay. Sure. We could talk later. Let's have lunch. That is your. The question was about what Jesus had to endure oh, okay. the night before he was crucified. Okay. The love of God being explained, looking at that situation. Sure, sure. Um, what, you mean when he was like on the mountain and he was bleeding and all that? The whole deal? Oh, okay. Now Jesus, so Jesus, why, why did Jesus go through all that stuff the night before? of his crucifixion. Okay, you guys heard this question? He was sweating blood and doing all these things. He, you know why Jesus did all that stuff? It wasn't because the Father demanded it. It's because Jesus loves us. Because that's what love does. Love lays down your life freely. He wasn't going to die in order to appease the Father or to, because a payment was needed. No. Just like any person who's willing to lay down his life because he's a true friend. But what we like to do in Christian theology, we create a technology with it. There's a mechanics. What does this mean? What does that mean? What is, it's just love. God laid down His life through His Son because He loves you, even to the point where they killed Him. He says, you guys are murderers. You murdered Him on the cross. It wasn't the Father, as some Christians preach. They called you murderers during their day in that first century. Folks, He went through all that because just like me as a missionary, when I went to the Philippines, now I didn't have guns pointed to my head. I did go to China. I went to the underground church. I did all that stuff. But would I lay down my life for what I believe? Yeah. But what Jesus did was much greater because He absorbed all of humanity into Himself, buried everyone, and gave everybody new life. Because that's what love does. He's saying, no matter what I have to go through, I will share, tell everybody about this love of the Father. Folks, it's interesting because we like to have these cliches about it's all about, you know, we, it's not about religion, it's all about relationship, then this should make sense. Because that's what love does. It's unconditional. But when I start messing around with some theology, our practical way that we live is so detached. 
from what we're taught. Folks, like I said, he died because he loves us, plain and simple. I'm not going to get into the mechanics of it. It's love. Just like I laid down my life for my wife, I know she would do the same for me. And then I told her if she dies, I'll raise her up from the dead. No, I'm serious, folks. Because God's about life and grace and love, not condemnation or guilt. Oh, we're past time. I'll leave it up to Pete because I went past my time. Okay. Sorry, Pete. I didn't know I was going to open up into this. Uh, sure, sure. Sure. Um, like, when we put these conferences together, I tell people that you know, we all come to you, and uh, obviously Josh was speaking to heart and people needs. Um, and I'm not against what he's saying. Sure. He needs. Sure. But there's always a possibility that you could be wrong. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I'm aware of that. And here's what I tell people that tell me that. No, 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 right? No. Okay. If you are wrong, that's when the issue is. Sure. And even if I'm wrong, I could be wrong. Yep. The only difference is if I'm not wrong, people won't go to hell. If you're wrong, people will go to hell. Sure. I love you, not against what you're teaching. Because Holy Spirit will lead us all to truth. Right. I'm not here to question you. I'm not here to make you look stupid by any means. Sure. I'm here to love you because this is what I teach. I teach unity in Christ. And that's why I accept you as my brother. I love you and help you and dance with you and everything. You are my brother. Sure. But there's always a responsibility of the gospel to preach it. And I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're sure. What I'm saying is, we can always ask questions. Always can ask questions when we're doing the things to get the answers that we want. And so I'm not questioning Joshua Tom what he's saying. I'm not by any means. What I'm saying is there's always the truth beyond the truth that we think is true. And that's what he's teaching. He says there's a greater truth than what we think is true. Yeah. So when you hear Joshua Tom, don't accept him as true. Sure. Accept his message, receive it. Which sure. is Christ Jesus and the Holy Spirit, you will build the truth. Sure. So when I say, could you be wrong? I could be wrong. Sure. I'm honoring you as a man of God. I love you. I know. I'm not questioning you. <laughs> I came here for the buffalo wings. No, it's okay. Yeah, at the end of the day, we have a responsibility to the Holy Spirit, regardless of the teachings that we have. Sure. That's all I want to Sure, sure. Thank you, Pete. And if I could just respond real quick so there's not a misunderstanding of what was going on. Like I said, this does not negate preaching the gospel. I love sharing the good news to people no matter who you are. If you're a Buddhist or a Hindu or a Muslim. My, my wife grew up in Kuwait her whole life. Her context was Muslims. They were some of the most loving people. God does not break people up into religions, folks. He looks at people as humanity. People have created religion, folks. 
It's my religion versus yours. And it's funny because we claim Christianity. Look how divided we are. 30,000 plus denominations. Folks, it's not about our it's Christianity. It's not Christianity. It's Christ. I'm preaching Christ. Now, what I shared to a sister yesterday, as one of my favorites, so you'll be shocked of who this was, is that he would, there was this Baptist missionary who went to China. Then he goes to this place in China and he starts ministering to a Buddhist monk. And as he's ministering to this Buddhist monk, of course, this Buddhist monk's not saved. He's not Christian. He doesn't have Christ, right? So he's sharing to this Buddhist monk. And he opens up his Bible, starts telling about the ways of Jesus. And all of a sudden, as he's sharing, this Buddhist monk starts weeping and weeping and weeping and weeping. So what does a Baptist missionary guy do? He says, all right, do you want to accept Christ now? You know what the Buddhist monk said? Accept him. I already know him. You just told me his name. And you told me about his death. And you told me about the resurrection. And as you were speaking, I could hear his spirit within me saying, he's speaking about me, he's speaking about me, he's speaking about me. Folks, God is alive and well in many places and in many people we can't even imagine, folks. We need to stop having this us versus them mentality. We're saved, they're not. We're going to heaven, they're not. You don't know. This is the cosmic Christ who sustains all things. And the Bible says that he is not far from anybody. And the reason why I share the good news is to help clarify the confusion that people have to tell them that you are loved and accepted by God. Did you know that? No matter what, even if you grew up in Islamic culture like my wife did, that God doesn't see religion. He looks at humanity. Look at all the Christians that are violent. But they're saved. It's people that God is in. He's interested in their heart. He doesn't give a rip about denominations, folks. He's looking at your heart. And I could be wrong, as Pete was saying. And for those people who like saying that to me, I also say, well, at the same time, you could be wrong too. And once again, I've never been so zealous. My wife sees me share to people all the time. I missed a service yesterday because I couldn't help share the good news to someone earlier yesterday during the service. Because my heart is to help people see the goodness of God. Does your gospel make Jesus look small? Or does it make him look very big? That he has affected the whole world through the cross. And I go, I went to the Philippines, folks, and I have this message. Why go there? Because many of them, they don't know the heart of the Father. They grew up in religion. So I preach the good news. I preach the good news to Christians because they don't know. So this does not negate preaching. But I'm telling you, when you know that you're accepted and you experience the love of the Father, it just overflows out of you and you can't help but tell somebody, hey, did you know you're accepted by God too? That God's not interested in religion, He's just interested in your heart? And did you know that all those times when you were lonely and you heard those voices in your head as a child of encouraging, that was God. He was already there in your heart. We need to get out of our little Christian subcultures and start loving on people before we condemn a Muslim to hell. Find out, wait until they become your best friend. This is not hardcore theology. This is just simple love. You don't have to be a theologian to ask, can you accept a child? Okay, that lady in the back. This is more of a comment. Oh, sure. There's another spiritual teacher that already has been, you know, into the practice of time. Okay. And I told him, he teaches along the same line, you know, what you're saying. Sure. And what I want to say is, you know, if you're in touch with the Holy Spirit, sure. If the Holy Spirit, if you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, you know, then let your experience, sure. you know, that's what I do. I let my experience be the word. 
that I can put out. Sure. You know, I can tell of your experience with the Holy Spirit, not, you know, because you told me so. Sure. But what I can really believe in, what I can really tell is my experience sure. with the Holy Spirit. Sure. You know, and I can believe that this message that you're teaching is exactly what Jesus was trying to tell sure. the people when he came. Sure. Because he was trying to tell the people he was against the most were the religious Pharisees. Sure. Which is what we become. Sure. We, the church, have become religious Pharisees. Sure. And we and what he wanted was love. That's what he wanted. He wanted us to love one another as I love you. This was the greatest commandment that I gave you. That you believe that I am who I say I am. Right? That I am God the Father. I've come down here to tell you that I want you to love one another. That I love you. There's no other commandment. And I believe what you're saying. This is the highest, uh, this is the best uh, part of this conference that I have seen so far because to me it's the highest truth that I've heard. And God bless you. Thank you. Anybody? Okay, last question. God's love is unconditional for the whole world. And Jesus' death at the cross forgave us of every sin, past, present, and future. That's right. No, I'm going to ask John for this question. Okay? Now, I want to make this clear to everybody. I'm asking you, are you saying that everybody is already saved in Jesus Christ, that no one has a sinful nature anymore, and they do not need to be born again? You have to define every single one of those terms, born again, sinful nature, and saved, before I respond. In Adam, we all inherited a sinful nature. Sure. did not have a choice in that. In Jesus Christ, the provision has been made sure. for every person to be at that nature chain, Romans 6, 6. If anyone knowing this, our old man was crucified in Christ, the provision was made. But do I have to make the willful decision to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior in order for that nature to be changed? Or is that an automatic thing? So everybody on the face of this earth is automatically saved. They don't have to make a willful decision. Saved means what, though? I'm still not clear saved what saved. Saved and born again are the same thing. Before the cross, people could be saved, but they could not, their nature could not be changed. Because when Abraham and all those people died, they could not go into heaven. They went into paradise into Abraham's bosom. Because Christ did not pay the price. Now, on this side of the cross, the word saved and born again are the same. They mean the same because it is a nature change. So my question is, are you saying that everybody's nature is already changed? They are already born again, irrespective of what their belief is. Okay. Now, I have to answer these with questions, though, because it's still a semantical issue. To me, there's a difference because salvation is just so-so. In the Greek, it's referring to healing. But typically, we refer to salvation as you're, you're going to heaven or Christ is inside of you now. When people get healed, they are saved. When people are experiencing the life of Christ, they are saved. They're experiencing this objective reality of salvation. That's how I'm defining it. 
So I, I, the, 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 the Western culture, what we define salvation, sure. is not that my body was healed or I was healed from the soul. Salvation is defined as, as I, I was a sinner. I, I was lost. I was on my way to hell. I was corrupted. I was corrupt nature. I was outside of God, outside of Christ. I was lost. I didn't know God. I was not redeemed. I was, I was lost. Salvation to us is Jesus. Receiving Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Changing our nature. We've accepted him. He's accepted us. That's what, that's what we're saying. Salvation. Not I got healed in my body. That's what I want to answer. Soul yeah. salvation. Can answer please. Just correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. I want to bridge the two gaps. Okay, this is how I understand both sides, all right? Prodigal son, the father has extended forgiveness to the son, even though the son was had never received it, in a sense, right? The moment the son had sinned, he was already forgiven. Do we believe that? Right? From the father's perspective, he was already forgiven. In the father's perspective, that's still my son. The son did not experience the relationship and the benefits of being in the family because he did not receive it. But was it already extended to him? Yes. Josh is saying, correct me if I'm wrong, that Jesus and the Father has already extended salvation to everyone. In that sense, they are saved. Right? In that sense, from the perspective. But in the person's a person's experience, if they receive it and come back to the Father, they experience the benefit of the kingdom. That is, they have salvation. But they have, if they don't receive it, they don't receive it. But from the Father's perspective, they are forgiven. They are reconciled from the Father's perspective. But they don't experience reconciliation until they come to Him. Ah, thanks. Right? Yeah. Like, that, for example, for example, real quick. Oh, sure. Please give him the fight because it's exactly right to go about the future. Listen, I'm not here to debate. I just wanted to ask sure. that question. Are you saying that everybody is automatically saved and their nature is already changed in Christ without them making a vocal decision? Sure, but here's the difficulty, Joe, because when you ask a question about the whole nature, that's a loaded word. So I'd have to break it down, right? So it, I think it would be unfair for me because like when people demand answers, yes or no or this, that's not fair to me in my opinion because I don't have to break it down because it's, it's a huge paradigm shift. How do we define nature? Does that mean that you're always doing bad? Does that mean that you sin sometimes? When you have no sinful nature, does that mean that you never sin? Does it mean that you don't have the power to sin? There's all these things that we have to go through. So I feel like I can't answer that right now because I think that would be unfair for me to just say yes or no. So if you would like to discuss with this more, I'm more than willing, right? Sure. Sure. Um, we're not going to make this a decision. Put Josh on the pedestal. This is hack ass. We're not going to do that. Um, we're not going to do that in the Sure. I sent out letters and emails to people to strictly stay on identity. And uh, we need to move a little bit. That's okay. Draw a moment. Sure. Um, but the same possibility is it's not going to be what we believe, what we believe. If you have a question, Josh, yeah. please go up to him, talk to him. 
Um, we're not all where we need to be. We're still around that same job. There's not ways to be. What I'm saying is, this is a conference to bring unity. And that's why I like to touch on certain subjects when we're talking about unity because we create division. So what we're going to do right now is we're yeah. going to break the lunch. Honor Joshua Tom with the speakers of Man of God like I do. Thanks, bro. Appreciate that. Good job. <laughs> I, I want to let you guys know something. You need to see this. You did a good job. Okay? Uh, you, you, you have to see this. You guys have to see this. I oh, believe it's all the opposite of what he believes. But we don't have to agree on everything. But here's the thing. And this is what I told people when I invited Joshua. Because I've known Joshua for years. I believe God sees everybody saved in his eyes, but it's I believe that they, they have a responsibility to come to Christ. That's what I believe. I'm not saying I'm not saying cheer me on, because that's just showing you agree with me. I'm not trying to do that. I'm saying the same thing though. Yeah, that's I'm, what I'm saying. I'm saying the same thing. But here's what I'm getting at. Let's not make this about a heaven and hell issue. You know, like well, you know, heaven and hell issue. Let's make this about growing in Christ. Okay, we're already Christians here. Are we Christians here? Yeah. Okay, then, then, then this debate shouldn't be going on. Amen. Seriously. Well, I love my own opinion. Because okay? <laughs> we're Christians here. We should be out there bringing the lost in here. Okay, if you guys want to, if you guys want to have at it in each other, I'm gonna get some gloves. You guys can have at it. You can do whatever you want, but when it comes to the lost, we need to bring them to Christ. So when I invited Joshua, because I admire him as a man of God, I, I, I follow him, I know what he's about. We may not agree on everything, but one thing we do agree on is that Jesus is Lord. Okay? Pete, so please. Can I say one more thing? It's yes. really quick. It's really quick. Yes. I love Pete, okay? So we're, we're not fighting. <laughs> I just get really into it. Yeah. You know, when he said the word lost, it just it struck a chord with me. If someone is lost, what does that imply? That you have a home. And so when we look at a lot of people as lost, it's because they have a home. And they're already included in the heart of the Father. So we're, I'm on the same page, bro. Hello, bro. You know what I'm saying? So it's all good. I love them. When I, when I say there's some things we want to agree on, I'm just, just weird. Thanks. Come on. Yeah. Just weird. Oh, man. There's some things me and my wife want to agree on. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Let's be real here. I don't need to agree with you to love you. That's right. If you Straight did, up. that's not love. That's right. <laughs> it's not love. Right. Okay, so let's not make this about what I believe. Okay, what I believe has nothing to do with what Jesus did. He still does, he still is, he still exists, he still does everything he says. Regardless of what I believe, that's who he is. Okay, so guys, that's all. You got a lot of questions, Tom. I'm sorry for you, man. It's okay. <laughs> I'm going back to California. Please try to stick to what you're talking about because I've done seminars, man. We were in North Carolina. And the whole church attacked us. Remember that? Who was with us? Brandon. Brandon Lee. Eric Wilding was with me. Thomas was supposed to come. I'm glad he did it. Because if he came, we'd have been fighting everybody. We had a whole church. Because I said, look, God loves sinners, man. We're in the Bible Belt. And they're like, I ain't putting my hand on a sinner. I ain't having to do nothing with a sinner. And I'm like, you are crazy talking like that. And it was the whole church. I mean, it got yeah. so bad that I had to just literally start praying in tongues while everybody was fighting. 
and it got so quiet you could hear a pin drop. Remember that? It got real quiet. We said, we need to bring order, man, in the name of Jesus. And so I'm bringing order right now in the hearts of men. Huh? Okay. Turner is very important. Right. He's right. He's right. Amazing things on identity, man. <laughs> Best teachings I've ever heard on identity, man. That's why he's here. And he's going to speak again. Yeah. Guard your hearts. <laughs> Don't feel offended when you hear something you may not agree with. Okay? Because five years ago, I didn't even believe in healing. Okay, I was bad at people who laid hands. You guys are liars. Look at me now. Okay, God will do a 180 on you. Okay, so I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm not saying I'm wrong. You're right. I'm not saying that. I'm saying we have a common denominator, common ground in the name of Jesus. That's why I'm putting these on. And I'm going to invite him to Mexico to go with this. And I'm going to talk with him. He's going to learn from this. We're all going to learn from this. Right? I'm going to learn from this. We're all going to learn. Right? Tammy Thomas and, and Joshua in the same room, I thought we were going to be fighting. <laughs> the way they act. You know? That's crazy. But we're brothers, man. I don't, I don't put up with you. I love you because we're family. Okay? I love Thomas. He went to my house. We got into an argument right in my living room. But look, he's here. Because we love each other, man. Thomas, he's, he's a hoop, man. But just because we may see different on certain things, it doesn't mean I don't love him. It doesn't mean I don't love him. I love the guy. I'll, I'll lay my life down for him. I'll lay my life down for Joshua. I'll lay my life down for anybody who stands for the gospel, regardless. I've had a number of theological debates with Pete, but I still love him. <laughs> <laughs> amen, amen. I don't like to be labeled as anything. I tell people, I'm not this, I'm not that. I'm, I, I preach Jesus, and that's it. Okay? You can add or take away whatever you want, but when I stand before Christ, I want to say, you preach me, you talked about me, and that's all you talked about. I say, hey, there ain't nothing else. And that's all I talk about. Paul said, I don't, I don't choose anything except Jesus being crucified. Paul said, you were all things to all people. You want to know why? Because he was, he was proclaiming Jesus. That's why he was all things to all people. Because he was speaking Christ. He said, I'm a prisoner in Christ. He was letting himself come out. He was only letting Christ come out. And so that's what all this is about, guys. We're going to go eat. And I'm going to sit as far away as Tomo because he's going to get invaded by everybody in the And I want to eat. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Let's bring you lunch, man. Run. I want to give you a hug. Thank you.